InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Decades ago, it used to be looked upon as almost a joke, driving under the influence. But thanks to major efforts to educate drivers across America, times have changed. And while most of us think drinking and driving, you might be shocked to learn how many of today's drivers also have drugs in their system. It's an issue that's gotten the federal government's attention. With that story, here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thank you, Chris. You've probably heard about the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. It's an arm of the U.S. Department of Transportation and is perhaps the nation's most respected authority on car safety research and education. Our guest is NHTSA spokesperson Ellen Martin. Ellen, welcome to InfoTrack. Thanks very much. The NHTSA recently completed a roadside survey of drivers taking a look at both drug and alcohol levels in people behind the wheel. So, Ellen, let's start with some of the highlights on what your survey found. We found in the survey that a continuing decline in the percentage of legally intoxicated drivers. And by legally intoxicated, we mean a blood alcohol concentration of .08 or higher. That's the legal limit in all states of the United States and the District of Columbia. Now, your survey has been an annual survey that previously only looked at alcohol levels, but now this is the first year that drug levels have been included. Why was that added this year? We added that because we are, of course, very concerned about drug driving. We had previously done only alcohol in our surveys, but we wanted to get a baseline so we could help to develop some screening techniques to find out the extent of drug presence in people's bodies and also in the future, maybe we can come up with some standard for impairment for drugs. But this survey does not do that. And what drugs were you looking for? We looked for all types of drugs. We looked for over-the-counter substances, such as Tylenol. We looked at prescription medications, and we also looked at illegal drugs. And the drug levels that you found were actually pretty eye-opening, weren't they? We were surprised that we found that 16.3% of nighttime weekend drivers were drug positive. And what were the most common drugs you were seeing? The most common drugs that we saw were marijuana, 8.6%, cocaine, 3.9%, and over-the-counter and prescription drugs combined, 3.9%. What I want to stress is that we don't know that those people were impaired. We don't know that they were unable to operate a motor vehicle. We only know that there was some trace in their blood or in their saliva of these over-the-counter prescription or illegal drugs. So we're not jumping to any conclusions. This is just a preliminary survey. So the way you were detecting drugs, just to make sure everyone understands, is through blood and saliva. It was not a voluntary questionnaire, for example. No, it was not a voluntary questionnaire, though. Participation in this roadside survey was voluntary. So obviously we had the consent of those who provided their blood or saliva. We used 300 roadside locations throughout the United States for this roadside survey. You know, some critics might say, well, your numbers must be low because many people who are under the influence would tend to say, no thanks, I don't want to be tested. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, that stands to reason. However, we guaranteed anonymity to those people who did provide their bodily fluids for our analysis, our laboratory analysis. So we feel confident that we got a representative sample of those people who were driving nighttime, weekend, and were involved in this roadside survey. Our guest on InfoTrack is Ellen Martin. She's a spokesperson for the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, which is part of the U.S. Department of Transportation. And we're discussing the results of their annual survey that takes a look at drunk and now drugged driving on our nation's roads and highways.
Now, Ellen, I guess it's only common sense, but your most recent survey bears out that there are specific times of the day where more drunk drivers are on the road than others, right? That is the case. We found that drivers are more likely to be illegally drunk during late nighttime hours, 1 a.m. to 3 a.m., than during daytime or early evening hours. You also found some differences between male and female drivers. Yeah, we found quite a stark difference between male and female drivers in terms of their alcohol impairment. 42% higher for males who are alcohol impaired than female drivers. That's considerable. 42% more males than females that were drunk, legally drunk. We find this consistently throughout the years that males are more likely than females. Correct me if I'm wrong, the ones who are drunk are drunker as far as males versus females. There is a tendency to have more alcohol among males, although, you know, we're very concerned about women who are alcohol impaired also. One stat that I found interesting is what you learned about motorcycle riders as compared to passenger vehicle drivers. Tell us about that. Yes, we did include motorcycle riders in our survey, our roadside survey. They were more than twice as likely as people in passenger vehicles, those are SUVs or vans or passenger cars, to be drunk. That's 5.6% of motorcycle riders were legally impaired versus 2.3% of passenger car drivers. Pickup truck drivers are the second most likely to have illegal BAC levels, 3.3%. Do you have any theories on why those differences exist? We don't know. We know that there are a lot of people who are riding motorcycles now who didn't ride them previously and that they have a very strong tendency to use alcohol and we hope that they would do so very sparingly if they're and to stay under that legal limit. So I think the take-home message from your survey this year in general is that the battle against drunk driving is, if not being won, certainly is improving. That's the case, and we are heartened by that. But, of course, any fatalities or any injuries on the roads are too many, and we look forward to further progress. We cannot rest. This is an enormously important issue. In the battle against drunk driving, what do you think the most effective steps that have been taken through the past few years have been? What's making the difference? We have found it's enormously helpful to use high-visibility enforcement crackdowns. We have impaired driving crackdowns throughout the year. We work in coordination with law enforcement around the country. Ellen Martin, spokesperson for the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Ellen, is there a place where people can get more information online? We absolutely recommend stopimpaireddriving.org. That's stopimpaireddriving.org for one-stop shopping on alcohol and other impairments. All right, Ellen Martin, thank you for joining us on InfoTrack today. Thank you. For InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. If you'd like to learn more about InfoTrack, here's your invitation to check us out at TalkZone.com. At TalkZone, you can listen to previous editions of the show, get more information about past guests and topics, and much more. Again, the site is TalkZone.com. Many of our show ideas come from listeners just like you. So if you have suggestions for topics or guests you'd like to hear on future editions of InfoTrack, drop us an email. The address, feedback at syndication.net. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. A production of Syndication Networks.